to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. not been here or maybe not listened online about uh, two or three months ago God spoke to me and, and he said it's rainy season yes. now if you know what rainy season means it's been a time when the Spirit of God is going to start flowing in a greater dimension than ever before a lot of times in the Old Testament the Holy Ghost equals the rain praise God then he said all the people that desire for it will get wet yes. so the last two services uh, there was a lot of people who got wet and that's not all the wetness. Don't ever think that's all the wetness because there's plenty of wetness to go around, praise God. Don't be afraid that you're hogging it, that you're taking too much, that there's not enough because there is plenty to go around. Notice the Spirit of God's moving into college where probably 90% of the people barely know God. So how much more? How much more? How much more? Would the Spirit of God want to move with people, basically, or hunger and thirst for the move of God, who've been waiting for the move of God, who desire the move of God, who want the move of God? Yes. Praise God. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier atmosphere than the other atmosphere, praise God. So easy, glory to God, to do it. And once you end up getting wet, it's hard to stay dry. And God wants to get you wet and keep you wet. Come on. This is not going to be a revival where everybody gets titched a little bit, then a month from now we're all back to the same old stuff. Hallelujah. It's funny because, you know, when I deal with God, I deal on a pastor and some other kind of hats at different times, praise God. And when I'm a pastor, I feel like a goldfish in one of those bowls. You know, it's not bad. I got a bowl to myself. I'm swimming around. I get food in there a little bit and I eat it. But when he sort of puts me in a different kind of mode of revival, he's like takes me out of there and puts me in the ocean. Where there's a lot more swimming to go around, praise God, and a lot more things to do. So, praise God. We are not in the bowl. Say, I'm not in the bowl. I'm not in the bowl. No, you're not in the bowl. And you must discern spiritually. That's why we keep telling you you need to stay in touch with the spirit realm right now and not the natural. You've got enough distractions in the natural realm. You don't have to go looking for them. My God, they're there. So much stuff I want to say this morning. <laughs> So much stuff. So much stuff. There's coming today. There's coming today. Did you ever have your phone and you go on Facebook and you say, I need a new refrigerator, and I type in refrigerators, and then every time I go on my phone, it says, we have refrigerators at Jetsons. You go a little bit further. We have refrigerators here. Ever do that? And you go online in your computer, and the first thing you pull up is, we have refrigerators here. It's like somebody's listened to you. Notice. There's a time coming when people are going to go to their phones and start scrolling, and a picture of Jesus is going to come up and say, I love you. And they're going to scroll further, and he's going to say, I want to save you. And they're going to scroll, try to get that thing off of their phone, and they're going to scroll a little bit, and he's going to pop up. If they can pop up those things, why can't Jesus just pop up? And this will be good for people in church who's faking they have a Bible on their phone. now. How many old people do that? They're all looking. Oh, good pastor. I'm on Facebook. I'm on this. I'm looking this up and I'm doing. Jesus is going to pop up on your phone. 
And you're going to say, would you please listen? I mean, it can be done, right? They're doing it in the natural. Why can't it be done in the spirit realm? So tomorrow morning when you get up and turn your phone on, be careful. <laughs> you don't know what's going to pop up on your phone when you do it and on your internet and on your computer because God does things that people don't think can be done in the spirit even though they're being done in the natural and they've got a lot of learning to do because the spiritual is a lot greater than that natural realm. Matter of fact, the Bible says God sits in the heavens and laughs. <laughs> And I think he's really chuckling right now, praise God. I think he's having a good laugh right now. Hallelujah. Because I'll tell you right now, the media continues to mock God and his people. The government mocks God and his people. Politics mock God and his people. And God's just about to say, enough. Enough. And when he does, they're going to be display of the power of God like nobody's ever seen before in their life, praise God. It's going to be hard not to say that there is a God when he starts performing through his people, starts blind eyes being open, deaf ears being unstopped, people jumping up and starting walking around, people not phased by their negative, almost said crap, I caught myself. <laughs> stuff, negative stuff. I've got to be careful because I use crap all the time. Then the people come up here and want to use crap because they listen to me all the time. And I feel like I'm spreading the crap word to everybody. So <laughs> but there's going to be a shift. There's going to be a change. We've been mocked long enough. God's been mocked long enough. Telling me what's right and what's wrong and what we can do and what we can't do. All that is slowly going to change, praise God. Because there is a river. How many of you know that? Yeah. All right, I better go to scripture. All right. First John chapter 3 this morning. We're going to talk about revival and the move of God this morning. What little bit I know about it in 30 years. You never learn it all, but you do learn things that worketh for you and work for other people. And there's nothing better than not only being in revival, but living in revival every single day of your life. It's better to be happy than sad. It's better to be up than down. It's a lot better to be in victory than defeat. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, 1 John chapter 3. First John. That's in the back a little bit further. Look at verse 8. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. But for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might what? Might, might what? Destroy. Say destroy. destroy. Say destroy the works of the devil. So this tells us that Jesus came for a purpose. What was that purpose? It was to do what? Destroy the works of the devil. Okay, go to Colossians chapter 2. If this revival is going to continue in your life or in the lives of the different churches and stuff, the first thing you have to do is kill religious cows. Because we've been taught things that just aren't the fact. They're just not the truth. And when you believe those things, the Spirit of God starts moving. And your mind's going to argue with the Spirit of God because you were taught by the greatest pastor TV in the world. And now the Bible's telling you something different. And you're going to have to make up your mind what exactly it says. All right, Colossians chapter 2. Look at verse 15. It says, And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So this tells me the purpose that Jesus came for was to destroy the works of the devil, and apparently he did that because he spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. 
So 2,000 years ago, we can say Jesus Christ came from heaven on a divine, divine mission. What did he come to do? He came to destroy the works of the devil. Now the works of the devil are against you spiritually, they're against your mind, they're against your body, they're against anything. Any way the devil can stop you from walking in revival, he is going to do. And in the last hundred years, we've got the news media promoting it, we've got Hollywood promoting the devil. Many times we've got the church promoting the devil, talking about the devil all the time, what the devil's doing, what he's going to do. I'll tell you what kills revival more than anything, giving the devil any time. The Bible says give the devil no place. So we're not going to give him no place. We're never going to give him no place because he don't deserve any place at all. But Hollywood and the, and the news media and everything that's going on always talks about what the devil's doing. It never talks about what God is doing. And in revival, the way you stay revived, the Bible says, is to preach the good news. You can't preach the bad news and expect to stay in revival. So you can't get up and start talking about what the devil's doing. All oh, the devil's chasing me. All oh, the devil's all over me. Did you see what the devil did to do me this way? You can't give glory to the devil and walk in revival because if you get in the Holy Ghost, you won't even think about the devil anymore. When you get in the Holy Ghost, all you're thinking about is God, the Holy Ghost, how good he is, what he's done for me, everything that he's done. And notice when Jesus Christ came, the Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers. So we're not fighting the devil. The Bible says the only fight you got is simply the fight of faith. You don't have to fight the devil. He's already defeated, already knocked down, already kicked out. Already. So what does he do? He comes to deceive you, comes to manipulate your mind so that you will not believe the good things of God. Instead, you concentrate on the bad things that the devil is doing. So for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of who? The devil. The devil. So that means if we're here in his place, we are here basically to make sure the works of the devil stay destroyed that he destroyed in our lives. It's more than just get up at 8 o'clock in the morning, go to work at 5, do that for, for, for 50 years, then get, a, get in a home someplace, live there with other people, die and, and go to heaven. It's more than that. We've got a purpose. God has a plan for each and every one of us. We are supposed to go around and destroy the works of the devil by the spirit of God and the power of God that is on us each and every day. And one of the main problems in the church today is it's waiting on God when God is waiting on us. He's been waiting on us for over 2,000 years. He's already did everything. When he said it is finished, he didn't say partly. He said it is finished. So it's already been taken care of. But the church keeps getting in bondage because of religion, waiting for God to do something that he's already done, and he's not going to do it again. He already did it. He went to the cross. And when he was raised from the dead, you were raised with him. You were raised up and seated in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, praise God. And you're in a place where you can live in victory 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So God gives you a simple scripture for revival. If you draw near to Amen. he will. It's not that complicated. I just wish God would do something. Well, then draw near to God. And he'll, I'm waiting for him to touch me. I'm waiting for No, draw near to God and he will. Draw near to you. We just sang promises. All of his promises except that one is okay. <laughs> No, all those promises are yes and amen. So I learned at a young age, all i got to do is draw near to God. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have to fear about this. I don't have to make this decision. I have to, I'm just going to continue to draw near to God every single day, live in revival, and everything's going to follow and take place in my life that needs to follow in my life. Praise God. Look at somebody say, it's your move. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. right before 2 Corinthians. <laughs> All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, are you there? Yep. Look at verse 7, very important verse. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to do what? Probably with all. Now, it doesn't say the infilling of the Spirit will profit all. It doesn't say even the baptism of the Spirit will profit all. But what profits all? The manifestation of the Spirit will profit how many? Now notice, who's it given to? The manifestation of the Spirit given to every pastor, every TV minister, every apostle. No, to every who? How many of you are in every man? So notice, this is for you. There's manifestations of the Spirit in your life that will manifest in your life that are given to you. And when they manifest, they will profit how many people? They will profit everybody, praise God. And what does it mean to manifest? It is to make visible something that you cannot see in the Spirit. That's why we have signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why we allow the Spirit of God to move here. That's why you get touched. That's why you fall down. That's why you laugh. Why do one of those, those are manifestations of the Spirit of God along with the gifts of the Spirit of God that come to you. And basically when they manifest, it proves to you that there's something behind them. See, laughter is not the Holy Ghost. It's a manifestation of. Are you following me? Getting slain in the Spirit is not the Holy Ghost. It's a result of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. You see the leaf blow across, but you can't see the wind. You just know it's moving that leaf. It's the same way with the Spirit of God. When he shows up, something happens when he plugs into you or you plug into him. It's like electricity. If you go over this morning and you go over to that socket right there and stick your finger in, I'll guarantee you there'll be a manifestation. <laughs> You're just not going to stick it in and say, oh, this is hot. I feel a little giggle there. No, you ah! Why is that? Because there's power. Yes. Come on. In that thing, you stick your finger there, it's going to happen. Well, when you hook up with the Holy Ghost, people say, my gosh, they look like they're on fire. Well, I would guess you would be on fire if you hooked in real good. So these are manifestations. What are they showing people? They're showing people that God is real, the Holy Ghost is real, and the Holy Ghost is manifesting in people's life. And you've just got to come to a place where you want to the touch of God on your life. You want God to do whatever God wants to do in your life. You want God to do whatever he feels like doing in your life, praise God, and then God will do whatever he feels like doing in your life. But it's not like Sister Susie. Well, Sister Susie's different than you. Don't compare it to Sister Susie, for God's sakes. Well, I didn't fall down. Well, did you get anything? Well, yeah, God spoke to me. Well, that's probably better than falling down. See what I mean? We don't categorize these things. We just let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost, you know? It's like a fan. If we turned on a great big fan in here, some of your hair would fly all over, and some of his hair would barely move. <laughs> but it's the same fan. Come on now. It's the same fan blowing the air, but there's different reactions. You guys liked that, didn't you? Praise God. Yeah. So we don't want to judge the Spirit of God. We would allow the Spirit of God to do. So the first thing God will do if you're ever going to live in revival, he's going to manifest himself to you, personally, to you. In my life, I went to church. Uh, I was in a denomination. We went every Sunday. We went every festival. We went every feast day. We went every tradition. We did everything. But I went to church, and I didn't know who God was whatsoever. I had no idea. I was just going to church because I was told I had to go to church, God of tradition, or else I was dying, going to go to hell. Little did I know that if I died, I would have went to hell even after I got out of church that Sunday morning. So and there's one thing worse than, than dying, not, one thing worse than not going to church and going to hell, and that's going to church and end up in hell anyway. So I was going there, but I didn't know. I didn't know a manifestation of God. I didn't know. And one day, you know, what was my life? My life was working at the post office, coming home, drinking, you know, going to sleep, getting up, going to the post office, drinking. Then when the weekend came, I went to the post office, drank a lot. <laughs> and that was my life, praise God. And one time I got tired of it. I got tired. I got desperate. 
That's a big word with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you right now. I got desperate. I wanted something else. I wanted a greater life. I was married to a beautiful young lady, and, and we were happy together and everything. But I knew there was something missing because, so what do I do? I tried to get high. Right, right, right. See, the whole world, if they're not in touch with the Spirit of God and revival, are trying to get high on something. And whatever they seek to get high on doesn't work. And, and I mean, when I drank, and then in the mornings, how I many know I didn't feel very good when I got up the next morning? And people say, well, there is no Holy Ghost hangover. There is. If you've ever really been touched by God, there is. Because you're on fire in church, and the next day you have to sustain that by faith because the feelings are no longer there. And all at once you think, where did God go? He left me. He was there yesterday. No, he left me. I must have did something wrong. I must have sinned in my sleep. I thought, dear God, I don't know if I'm smart enough to sin in my sleep. No, you don't sin in your sleep, but when those feelings go, when the goosebumps are gone, when you're not ha-ha-ha that day at all, and the first call you get from somebody that's negative, you think, my God, what happened here? What's going on? So you have to sustain it. See, there's a different anointing on your life when you're walking and when you're in the pulpit. When you're appointed, there's an anointing on me to preach, to minister, to, to help other people and do things. But when I get out of that anointing, if I could preach 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'd live in highness. But it doesn't work, see? It doesn't work that way. You've got to learn to live in the world the same way on Sunday, knowing that the Spirit of God is on you and, and there's the goosebumps and everything are present with you, but then you have to walk by faith, but not by sight. So what are we doing? We're walking with God when we're in church, when we're being touched by God. God's still there when you're not being touched. We are not looking for a visitation of the Spirit. We're going to live in a habitation of the Spirit because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. So one day I just got fed up. I had it. I had enough. She was working nights and she was at some restaurant and making money there and I'd come home at night and she wasn't there and I'd lay on the couch or whatever and one day I just got fed up and then I found out that the church I was going to was having confessions that night. So I said, well, that's the only thing I know. I, I, I'm going to go talk to God. I, something's got to change here. This, this ain't my life. I'm almost 30 years old and I always felt like I was going to die at 30 years old anyway and I was heading there as quick as I could. And I just went to that church and, and I mean, I, it was a heart, say a heart condition. Notice, God didn't touch me that night because I was being so good. God didn't touch me that night because I did something spectacular. God didn't touch me that night because of who I was. God touched me that night because I was desperate for God. I was hungry and thirsty for something other to help me other than the things of the natural world. And when I got in that Catholic confessional that night, which was no longer, it now turned into a face-to-face -face thing. Oh, Jesus, help us all. That's how long since I've been to confession. I thought I was going to go in there, close the little door. He wouldn't see me, I wouldn't see him. And I could run down my list <laughs> of all the sins that I did in the last 20 years. But they went face to face then. So I had to go to the guy and look him right in the eye. And, and I didn't want to go up first. Because if I went up first, I figured by the time I was done with my list, everybody would be sleeping or they left. And wouldn't even be able to come up. Come on, you know what I mean? You're sitting there and everybody's waiting in line going, my God, is this guy Satan? <laughs> so I decided, well, that's it. I said, well, I'm just going to wait and be last. So I'm waiting, and I'm waiting. It's December 21st, 1985. It's about 15 degrees. I got my coat off, sweat's running down my face. My underarms are soaked. Everybody else has got winter coats on. Because I'm in, I'm just, I don't know what to do. And every time they get down to the last person, I say, oh, here we go, here we go. And the back door go, creak. And in would walk a little old woman. I thought, oh, no. Can't you be on time? And she'd go up and sit up there, and then she'd go in, and every time she went, I'd hear, creak. I thought, God, I'm going to lock that back door. I had to do something. 
And finally it got to the end, and I just simply went up there, and I tell you, I was in a heart condition, say a heart condition, because this is what it's all about, see? It isn't about you to begin with, it isn't about me. When I lay hands on you on Sunday morning, you get touched, and God touches you. It's the Holy Ghost touching you. I'm just here. Do you understand? I'm just administering what the Holy Ghost does. It has nothing to do with me. And the bad thing about most ministers, when they operate in the Holy Ghost, they want to promote themselves. Can't promote yourself. You promote yourself, you're going down. That's just the same person he was honored enough to put that anointing on you to do these things. You ended up in a revival by accident one time and received from the Spirit of God and stuff. It has nothing to do. Don't ever idolize a man. Don't ever put a man up. Don't ever do it. You can receive from a man. That's fine because it's the Spirit of God on the inside of them. But do not try to promote any man. Praise God. Are you following me? That's why I have trouble with compliments sometimes. Probably too much. But I'd rather have too much than not enough. Because how you, you mean when the Holy Ghost is flowing, it's fun. How many of you know that? Yes. You notice, when we end the service after we preach, people walk out the back the door. When you're operating the Holy Ghost, there's people sitting out there yet that aren't doing anything. They're just sitting there because they just like the, the atmosphere. They like the flow. They like what God's doing. They like what's happening. They like what's going on. So I walked up to that, that priest. I was at the end. I just walked up to him. I said, hey, haven't been to confession in a long time. Made a lot of mistakes. Uh, I don't know where you want me to start. And you know, the big ones, the little ones, the medium-sized ones. I mean, i got a list here. I can do whatever you want me to do. We can start small work up, start big work down. Whatever you want to do would be great with me. And he just stood up and he just said, Welcome home, son. God loves you. And he gave me a hug. And when he did, the power of God hit my life like never before. I shook under the power of God. I couldn't even talk talk to him after that. He tried to give me so many Hail Marys and Our Fathers, but I couldn't even say Hail Mary, much less Our Father, praise God, because anointing came on me so strong at that time. And I went home, and, and what, like the Bible says, a new heart will I give you? The stony heart I will remove? That, that's what happened, man. I had a heart now. Everything looked better. The, the sky, I was noticing the sky. It's blue. My God, the sky's blue, and the grass is green, and all this stuff, and, and the presence of God was all on me, and I knew for the first time in my life that God loved me just the way that I was. He didn't have to do, have me do anything so he'd love me. I didn't have to qualify to love him. I found out he loved me just the way I was, praise God. And when that hit my life and the revival came on my life at that time, then I knew it was something that I wanted to keep. Yeah. So first thing I had to do was move out of Ohio because I had a lot of friends there who were not exactly flowing. And I'd go to the bar and I'd meet them and they'd be drinking their beer and I'd get a Pepsi and they'd say, what's the matter with you? Can't you drink a beer like the rest of us? What are you, wussy now? I said, no, 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 I just, I just don't feel like drinking beer anymore. I just feel good where I'm at now. This Pepsi's good. It makes me feel good. You know, it's, everything's good. And we sit there all night and drink to about midnight, praise God. And, and then we leave and then the next, minute, next morning I'd call them about 7 o'clock in the morning. I said, my God, do I feel good tonight after drinking Pepsi. They said, what are you doing? I said, how are you feeling this morning? Get off my phone. What are you doing? So I was trying to prove a point to them. See, that you didn't need that stuff to be on top. You didn't need that way. So we moved down to Florida here, and we ended up in a Catholic, charismatic, I don't know why I'm going this way, but. Amen. Catholic, charismatic prayer meeting. A Catholic, charismatic. Say charismatic. charismatic. Charismatic is just a meeting that they have during the week, and they allow the Holy Ghost to do something. And I'm not putting them down. I'm just telling you from experience what's going on there. So on Thursday nights, we got together, and there were three older gentlemen who did it. And that, they, they preached salvation. They preached baptism of the Holy Ghost, things that you didn't get, do you understand, from the Sunday buffet you got on Thursday nights. So basically, we started going there, and me and my wife had just moved down here. And I said, let's go to that Catholic thing or whatever it is, and let's go there. So we went there the first night. We got in there, and we're standing there, and there's mostly older people than us. 
And they're all sitting in there, and basically uh, all at once, everybody starts praying in this tongue that I never heard before in my life. Everybody starts going, and I look at her and say, she looked at me, and uh, so we stayed the entire meeting, and basically when it was over with, we got out very quickly. And we said, that's it, man. We ain't going back to that thing. I mean, I thought they'd just teach a little better or something because I'm hungry for the word of God. I'm born again now. I'm hungry for the things of God, you know. And we both decided that night, that's it. We're sticking to Sundays. We can handle that or whatever. But then the Lord went to work on me and her. And pretty soon one night we just said, well, let's, let's give it another shot. Let's see what happens. And we went that night, and basically we were there, and all at once when I was, we were sitting probably in about the back row, away from everybody as much as we could. We didn't know what they were going to do, so you stay away from people, you know. And I was sitting in the back row, and all at once this happened. I thought, Becky, I think I'm having a heart attack. Feel me. Feel me. I think I'm having a heart attack. Feel me. She says, my God, you might be. I'm going, this place is demonic. I'm going to die here now. We should have never came back. We should have never came back the second time. And I'm back there shaking like this. And some guy gets up and he says, the Lord tells me that there's somebody here that needs to say something. And I said, well, they better say it quick because I'm about to die. It's funny now. It wasn't funny that night, was it? You thought you were going to lose your husband, didn't you? And finally, the guy just picks me out, says, come up here, and you talk to the people. And, of course, I'm coming up, and I'm shaking, and my knees are knocking. And I'm holding on to the thing, and a little lady over here in the first row gets down real close to me and starts going, I guess she was praying for me that I didn't faint. It really didn't help me, because when she came down, I moved over a little bit. And basically, I just told her my story about what had happened. I went to confession, blah, 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 blah. And then we got home that night, and, you know, we felt different, something Something happened, not here, but here. See, the things that God were doing in our life, we're not used to that. That doesn't happen. This stuff doesn't take place. I don't, pre- you know, I don't preach and, uh, and all this stuff. So basically, we did get tied into that. Then I became a leader. See, when God hooks you, you're in trouble. See, they had three older gentlemen. One, one left, moved out. One got sick, and one died and left one person, me. I went from... Talk about promotion, I went from non-leader fourth place division to first place in about four months. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? I ain't ready for this. So how many know you probably should study your Bible a lot? So I started studying the Bible. I started doing stuff. And basically, you know, that's when Rodney came down. And we went down to Rodney's a few down. And then we came back to the prayer meeting one time. And, I mean, it was all over me. I don't know if you understand that, but there's times when it's all over you. You know, sometimes even when I get up on Sunday morning, it's already all over me. And it's not like you can get it off. It's all over you. And, you know, as soon as we started two weeks ago, it came all over me. It hasn't left yet. It, it's just all over me. It's there. So praise God. So we started doing the meetings. We started doing it. And pretty soon, one time we were doing a meeting. Doing a meeting. Got all these old women, a couple old men. And Vinny at that time started coming. He worked with me at the post office, so he came, and he sat right there in the front row with his mom and whatever, and I was just talking like I was talking right now, and all at once, this loud, obnoxious laugh, and I mean, everybody in there, you know, eyes straight to him. There's Vinny, just losing it on the front row, just falls out of his chair on the floor. His mom don't know what to do, whether to hug him or run from him. She don't know what to do, but the Spirit of God started moving in that place. 
You see, I didn't know what was going to happen, but when it happened, at least I knew what was going on because I had experienced it before or I might have shut the meeting down myself. So he just got touched and, and people didn't understand it. They didn't do whatever. And then it started after that. Every meeting we got there during praise and worship, people started losing it. When we preached, people started losing it. And some of the old women started losing it. And finally they came to me and the board. The board came to me and they called me into a meeting. They said, hey, we, we've, we've agreed on this. I think there was four or five of them. And we want you to stop that. <laughs> I said, stop what? They said, that. I said, what that? They said, that uh, laughter stuff, that, that crying stuff, that falling down in the spirit stuff, that shaking stuff, that oh, we want all that stuff for you to stop it. I said, I didn't start it. How can I stop it? <laughs> it's not like I got a switch. <laughs> on, off, on, off, on, off. I said, I can't do anything about it. I can't. And they said, well, we don't really like that. No, it's this. Because the problem we have now is there's a lot of Methodists and Lutherans coming in here. And this is a Catholic charismatic prayer meeting. And I said, well, I can't control who comes in. And I'm going to say something right now. Those people were the hungriest people I ever ministered to in my entire life. Once they got by the mental aspect, they just wanted God. They didn't care. They'd been stuck in tradition for so long, stuck in this stuff, and they just didn't even know God, praise God. It's one thing to know the book. It's another thing to know the author. See, and I had met the author of the book. Most of them barely had met the book, much less the author behind the book. So there they are. They're figuring out. But as it, it spread, and people laughed, and people did this, people did that, and one of, the, one of the other leaders who was an older gentleman whose wife was there was diagnosed with cancer. So I'm preaching one night, and we're just preaching again, and there's a little laughter over there, a little laughter. People say, how do you do it? I've been doing this forever. People laughing over there from me, freaking out there. And pretty soon she started chuckling. I mean, it hit her, but she was trying to she had to hold it back because they just had a meeting. And it's very hard because it's a bubble. If it comes out of here, it's like a, and she's trying to, trying to hold back a sneeze, you know what I mean? And she was trying to hold it back because for her to get it was not good for the report that they had. Are you following me? So finally she just laughed a little bit and held it back the best she could. And the next week she came in and the doctor said they could find no cancer. Amen. Now it's going to be hard to kicketh me out. See, how, how are you going to do that? Uh, you're the devil. You healed my wife. <laughs> I have devils in the healing business. Glory! No, they couldn't say a thing at that time. But as it grew and as it grew and people were coming from other denominations who were hungry for the move of God and the touch of God and everything else, finally, they, they called me in on the carpet. The, the priest himself called me in on the carpet. And he brought me in and he said, uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. I probably figured out. And I sat there and he said, uh, I hear some of the meetings on Thursday night have been a little different than on Sundays. I said, no, they've been a lot different on Thursdays than on Sundays because we're just letting the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost does. I said, what do you want from me? You know, at this time we were still sort of gone there, but we were mostly gone somewhere else. Even though I was running the meeting, I wasn't really part of the, you know, I was incognito. Secret. So basically he looked at me and he said, well, the bishop called and he said, we have one of the biggest Catholic charismatic 
groups around, and even though you're not going to church anymore, could you just stay on for a little longer? Because it looks good if our Catholic charismatic is doing better than everybody else's because the West Palm Beach guy is really pleased with me. And I said, I'll stay on as long as you want me to stay on. So he knew I wasn't even going to church there anymore. But once again, it would be a feather in his hat if he kept me there. But then it got out of hand, and then they called me and made a left foot of fellowship. And then I'll tell you what. When something like that happens, thank God I had some character. Say some character. Because see, anybody can have the anointing, but a lot of people don't have the character that goes with the anointing. That's why they start out. They start a revival. God's moving. They're touching people. They're having large meetings. They're doing everything else. Then they're sleeping with their secretary two weeks later. This anointing has to have some character behind it. If you're going to walk in this thing, you better have some character behind you. You better let the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost needs to do in your life so when you meet the power of God and start operating in it, you're grounded behind. So people were calling me from the prayer meeting. They didn't know what happened. Hey, how come you're not at the prayer meeting anymore? I said, ask the leaders. No, we just want to know why you're not there. I said, talk to the leaders who are there anymore. Are you coming back? No, I don't think I'm coming back. You know, I could have said, well, those idiots... They claim to know the Holy Ghost, don't even know the Holy Ghost from anybody else, are the stupidest people I've ever seen in my life, and I think, oh, no, you can't do that. You just say, talk to the leaders, see what they thought. They decided I will not be back, blah, blah, blah. And how many know that was hard? Because there's a lot of things I'd like to told them. And do you ever get in a predicament sometime when you'd like to told somebody something, then you probably shouldn't do it? Has there ever been a day go by when you've not... No, I can't get going there. <laughs> yeah, all the time you want to do things that you can't do because you got character. <laughs> that darn God gave me character. Well, you just leave me alone. Let me hate everybody I want to hate. But it don't work that way. You've got to have character. You've got to be able to operate in the things of God. So basically, that was my start. That's how I got involved. But there was a manifestation to me. Say to me. I believe there's a lot of people in church who's never had the manifestation to them that God is real. That he's not manifested himself to you. If he hasn't done that, just ask him. Amen. Trust me, he'll do it. Remember Paul? Paul's just riding down the road, having a good day, ready to kill Christians. <laughs> Good day, Look, reading the list of who he's going to cut their heads off next, praise God. This is, and all at once, God came. Bang, how many know he knew God was, he says, Lord. He didn't have to go to seminary or cemetery 14 years to figure out what was going on. No, he didn't need that. He knew exactly who it was. He said, Lord. Yeah, what happened? He had a, about, about Moses, how would you like to walk up to a bush that's burning and it's not burning? complete fire it's just sitting there green yet with flowers on it and still burning and you think what was that it was a manifestation of God to him of who he really was and that he was real and I think some people's never had that they understand God and even some ministers understand God through this book but they have not had the face-to-face -face manifestation where he manifests himself to you personally because when he does that that's what totally changes your heart when that happens sin won't be a problem for you anymore because you don't want to and you won't are you following me you won't do that. You've had an encounter with God. You've come into God's full presence. You know, he's there, praise God. You know, he's your daddy. He's your papa. He's going to take care of things. Worry goes by the wayside. Fear starts to go by the wayside. All these things start going when he manifests himself to you. A lot of people come to church on Sunday, and when they come to church, they just come to church to come to church. It's Sunday, I'm going to come to church. The pastor's going to give me a nice little talk on having faith and doing good things. And then I'm going to go, probably not do any of it anyway, but at least I went. And I'm going to go home, take my notes, and I'm going to be it. But notice, when you've had a, when you've had a, when you've had a manifestation of God to you, 
something changes in your life. I mean, it's a, it's a total change. God becomes real. It's hard to make something real to you that you can't see. But when you see him in the spirit, it's like he opens your eyes and all, once you know he's there, you know he's real. It's the same way with the Holy Ghost, who we're going to be talking quite a bit on probably. You know, basically the Holy Spirit of God, he's real. He's here this morning. He's in each and every one of us. He's here. Well, I don't see him. Don't have to see him. He's right here, praise God. Right here inside of me. Here we go. Come on, here we go, Holy Ghost. Come over here. See these people over here? They definitely need a zap back there someplace. Go get him, Holy Ghost. Get him, get him over here. Look at that one over there. Yeah, that one. I, that's the one I was thinking about too, praise God. And sometimes you're laying hands on people, and the Holy Ghost says they're going to go to the right real quick. You better get somebody there. And you get them there, and they're on their way. And people say, well, how do you know that? Because he told me. He knows more than I do. He knows when they're going to shake, roll, fall down. He tells me when they're going to come forward. And I'm sure to get out of the way. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit's real. So he's going to come and manifest himself to you. So if he's never did that before, he needs to do that, praise God. The young people are going to have manifestations of them like never before. That row, that row right there is in trouble. I can tell you that right now. You guys don't have a full revelation of how real he is, but I'll tell you what, you stick around the word of God and the anointing of God, God's going to reveal to you because he needs people in this younger generation to rise up right now and start changing what's going on in this world right now. So everything else that you're looking at that you think is so important at your age, it's not important. You just hook to God and get in the river and fall in the power of God. I'll tell you what, everything you ever desired is going to come to you. The right husband's going to come to you. The money's going to come to you. The house is going to come to you. Everything's going to come to you because this is a generation that's rising up right now. The troubled generation are not going to be troubled for much longer. God needs some young people when it's older folk head on, praise God. Need some younger people. I mean, we're not seeing that over the last 10, 15, 20 years. They all got their agenda. Don't know what to do in the natural. Don't know what to do. Hook up with the spirit and you'll know what to do in the spirit and the natural. And it's coming. It's coming. This started at a college campus. You think God makes mistakes? No. No. There's a younger generation. They're looking. So what are they doing? They're on fentanyl, killing themselves. They're on drugs, doing this, doing that. Why? They want to live in a place where they're high all the time and in peace and joy and flowing and things, praise God. And that's only by the spirit of the living God. But I mean, you know, it's easier to take fentanyl whenever all your friends are taking fentanyl. Everybody did. Did I run you out, Rocco? Just checking. Usually when I'm really hitting it, people don't walk out, so... Hey, I'm sorry, but I'll tell you what. Yes. Everybody's got to make their own choice. I'm, right. And I'm, I'm tired of trying to make people make the choice. Right. You make your own choice. I'm going to give you the word. I'm going to tell you what to do, but you're not my responsibility. When I get there, he's not going to have your face in front of my face. Right. He's going to look at me and say, how did you do? I said, I did all you told me to do. And he's just going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't care if JoJo's going to hell or Billy's going to hell or William's going to hell. You did what you were supposed to do, and that's all I want to do while I'm here. I don't want to do anybody else's job. I don't want to be like anybody else. I don't want to be like any other pastor. I don't want to be like any other church. I don't want to be like anything else. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, your church is so small. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd rather have people like-minded. I'd rather have 50 people like-minded than 2,000 who have no minds. Isn't that right? Now, you can't tell all the 2,000 people coming to your church every day think what they're doing. Half of them are sleeping with you. Half of them are doing this. Half of them are doing You don't even got any idea. But in this church, by now, if you've been here very long, you're starting to be like-minded with everybody else in here. All you know is you love God and you want God to do something in your life and you want the Spirit of God to operate in your life and you want to flow in the anointing of God in your life and you want to be touched by God. Hallelujah. You want to be happy. Is that so hard to be happy? 
flow in the things of God. People make this life so tough. It's not that tough. My God, throw away your list of 10 ways to be happy. Pick up one leg. Holy Ghost, praise God. That's all I need. Oh, get up and do this, and then go here and do that. Say amen three times. Amen, amen, amen. It's not a formula. It's not tradition. It's a real live relationship with somebody who's more real than your friends around you or anybody else who knows more than they do, and you can have a relationship with them if you want and just let God manifest himself to you. Say, Lord, Lord. manifest yourself yourself. to me. me. All right, go to Philippians chapter 1. It went too long. Now i got really got to start her in. There's a day coming, too, when services may run three or four hours. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you how it works when the Spirit of God starts to move and people start getting touched and people start doing stuff. It's, and I'll tell you, it sounds like a long time, but when it's happening, to look at your watch say, my God, it's 4 o'clock. What happened? I thought it was, I thought it was noon. Yeah, if you're not careful, the anointing of the will override your stomach. Yeah, he's that powerful. Yep. Yep. All right. All right, Philippians chapter 1, are you there? Look at verse 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now notice, first he comes and he manifests himself to you personally. Then he starts to work in you. He does not work on you. One of the cliches of the day, God is working on me. No, he wants to work in you. The things coming on you are there to help you work in you so that you get over those things on you so that you can walk in victory even while you're gone over those things. Are you following me? He don't work on you. He wants to work in your heart. He wants to work on the things on the inside of him, praise He wants to change the way you think. He wants to change the way that you do. We sing that one song, My Heart is Open. Remember that? My heart is open. When you open your heart up to him, he will go to work on you. He'll use the scripture. He'll use other people who will basically fine-tune you. But it all comes through hunger, through wanting God in your life and what God wants to do. Hunger always leads to miracles. And miracles always lead to hunger. So whenever the revival is happening, you're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Say signs, wonders, and miracles. Now there's a lot of churches out there that see signs, wonders, and miracles, but the only sign they see is a stop sign. The only wonder they see is they wonder how everybody stays awake while he preaches. And the only miracle they have is people come back. See, but we're not there. See, we're at a place where you're coming Sunday because you know, you know something's happening. God is moving. He's moving in your heart. When you go home, you're taking something home with you now. It's like you're getting impregnated with something, of the Spirit of God. There's a new hunger in your life. There's new things you want to do, praise God. There's new things that God wants you to do in every single area of your life. There's a prophecy spoken over to me years ago. Here it is. Let me see if I can find it. Prophetic word. Tom, you shall be filled, and a river shall flow out of your belly that shall satisfy many, saith the Lord. Your life shall be a blessing. You shall walk in a secret place of the Most High, and you shall be a walking, living revival. Now, how many know I I like that? I'm going, to, I'm going to write that one down. I'm not going to write down. You and your wife are going to have marital issues and fall apart after two years, and then probably both of you die at a young age. I mean, I, I didn't write that down anywhere. It's not in here. So you get all kind of prophecies, but there's some prophecies that are spoke to you that hit you right in here, and you know that God just spoketh to me, even though someone else basically said it. It was God who basically spoketh to me. So what's going to happen? God's going to go to work on you, isn't he? He's going to work on the inside. Go up to Philippians chapter 2. 
Look at verse 13. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I mean, you know, that's going to be a lot of changing. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse, hello, nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of light. So he says, what are you doing on the inside of me, God? What are you trying to do? Here it says, I'm working in you, both to will, say to will. That means if you spend time with God and the presence of God and the word of God, he's going to show you his will for you rather than your will that you wanted to do. He doesn't want to get behind your will. He wants you to get in his will. So once he gives you the w his will, which is usually something you can't do. Well, how do you know it's God? I can't do it. I know it's me. I can probably do that. Yeah. So he shows his will. So he's working in you to show him both the will and to do. Say to do. So now watch. He gives you his will of what to do, but then he also gives you the ability to do what he told you to do. So I mean, you know how that might make it all God. God's will, God's ability to do what he told me to do, and I just flow with what he tells me to do and do his will in the earth. Now, when I first got born again, how many know my will wasn't quite lined up with his will? Amen. My will was for a giant house. My will was for a trillion dollars. My will was this and that. But God goes to work on the inside of him. And all these things of the world that look so important to you will slowly fall off one by one. Finances will fall off. Big houses will fall off. All the things the natural... You'll start, well, I'm going to get in trouble again. I ain't getting in trouble. I'm going to have to do it. You cannot idolize people. Oh, if I could just run into this basketball player and he could, he could give me an autograph, give me a break. He's a human being probably on his way to hell, and you want an autograph from him, for God's sakes. And you're walking around with the Holy Ghost on the inside of you every day, and you won't even take an autograph from him. Come on, am I right? Or that singer. Oh, that singer's so wonderful. They ain't nobody to me. Everybody says, who's that singer? I say, I don't know. I don't know anybody. I don't know any movie stars. I don't know any Hollywood thing. Because they're nothing to me but ordinary people that probably need me more than I need them. Amen. They probably need to be saved, healed, and delivered and come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think before this whole thing's over, it might even hit a little bit of Hollywood. And let me just stick this in there. I'm not going to go very far on it. But whenever you get in a church where the Spirit of God is starting to move and things are starting to happen, persecution's going to come sooner or later. It's going to show up because there's enough Sadducees. Sadducees. They're so sad, you see. Yeah, they're in tradition and they're in religion, so they're always like this. Went four straight Sundays in a row. Had a great time. Yeah, that's the way they are, praise God. But they don't like the move of God. People you may be your best friends ain't going to like the move of God when you start coming to their house with a smile on your face every time. They start saying, oh, it's been a bad week. You say, oh, my God, the Holy Ghost has been with me all week. We just had a, such a great week. It was just so great. We touched this person. They got healed. This person got saved. Oh, it was just such a good time. And they'll say, well, I ain't calling her back. Click. Because people don't like that, see? People like to be comfortable. People don't want to get out of the ordinary. People don't want to step out where you can get in trouble. People want to do that. But with the Holy Ghost, he's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. Why is it? Because he leads and guides you into all truth. And people don't like the truth. Even if it's true, they don't like the truth. They'll admit it's true and they still won't do it. Because they've been so grounded in this thing. So notice, he's, he manifests himself to us. And then he's working on the inside of you. How many are getting to work on the inside of you lately? 
Oh, yeah, he's working on the inside of me the whole time, praise. He just keeps working and working and working and working and working. People say something, and, and sometimes you hear things that you heard before, and you thought they were good, but now you hear them and don't think they're any good anymore, and you just know you're in a different, a different level, you know? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I ain't got time to go there. All right, go to John chapter 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We sure like you. All right, John chapter 7. Are you there? Look at verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, Has any man gone to church every Sunday for the last two years? No, if any man... Let him come unto me and drink, he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of heaven, out of the second coming, out of when Jesus finally comes back. No, out of his shall flow of living water. Now notice, he's going to manifest himself to you, work in you, and then he's going to flow out of you. That's what we do here on Sundays. We lay hands and he flows out. And what does he flow out for? Either to manifest himself to you, to work in you, or to get you to flow out into somebody else. That's what he's doing. That's his whole thing. So here he says, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. But notice he stopped there. These people probably said, what the heck is he talking about? But thank God in verse 39, it tells us, but this spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So here he says, when you're hungry and thirsty, there's going to be a change in your life. You're going to start having things flow out of the inside of you and touching other people and manifesting in other people's lives. So I want to be manifested too, which I was in a confessional. I've had God working on me now for 30 years, and now he's starting to move out of the inside of me and touch other people because he's in me. You follow? And that's just not for pastors. It's just not for teachers. It's for every person that there is who's been born again and come into the kingdom of God. The whole purpose, we taught on the kingdom of God, and we always do, but the kingdom of God, the whole purpose of the kingdom of God coming back was so the Holy Ghost could dwell once again inside of man. In a nutshell, that's Genesis all the way through. Man needs the Holy Ghost. I mean, you know, when they, when they don't need the Holy Ghost, they, number one, they think they're naked. Number two, they hide in the bushes from God, but when the Holy Ghost comes back, things go back to normal. We have been restored. We have been repositioned back in our position, and now the Holy Ghost has come and lived on the inside of each and every one of us, praise God. And you read in the Bible, every place that was preached, remember when Stephen preached that? Man don't want to live, uh, God don't want to live in man-made buildings anymore. He, he wants to live inside people. He don't want to be in a tabernacle anymore. He don't want to be in anything more. You know what they did? Stoned him to death. Uh, you think somebody would have said Amen. But they were so religiousized that they wouldn't even take that, that God would live out of there. And I'll tell you what, if you don't think the power of God is strong, read in the Old Testament where he used to be in a box. Yeah. And that box started to shift and some brave man tried to help it. Yeah. I mean, no, God don't need any help. Right. And when he did, he touched the box and what did it do? Killed him. It was serious business, ain't it? That's why I want a lot of character with my Holy Ghost because I don't really want to drop dead laying hands on somebody sometimes. <laughs> That would definitely be a sign and a wonder. 
and then one of you better believe in miracles. <laughs> the ones that like me. The ones that don't, stay in the back. Stay in the back. Yeah, so there's a flow, isn't there? There's a flow that's going to come out of the inside of you. Sometimes you feel that flow. Sometimes you don't feel that flow. But the Spirit of God wants to move. He wants to release the joy. You, you study laughter and joy in the Bible. You'd be surprised how many times it's in there for people. They're supposed to have it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But how I many know there might be a few joy thieves out there? They come to steal your joy, don't they? Bad news, praise God. Let's turn on the 6 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news, and the 1 o'clock news. And you won't have any joy left by then, praise God. That'll be it. You'll be done because they don't give you anything good. They don't tell you what's going on. They won't even preach when there's a revival going on, praise God. They may mention, and there's a slowly revival going on. And moving right along. But they, like they couldn't stop at the prayer meeting. They couldn't stop the Holy Ghost. They're not going to be able to stop. You get your tanks out, you get your nukes out, you get your bombs out. Ain't going to make a bit of difference because when the Holy Ghost is flowing, the power of God starting hitting every single person, and it ain't going to make a difference. And we're going to walk boldly. Yes. We're going to walk confidently. And we're going to preach the gospel, praise God. We're going to get people healed. We're going to get them saved. We're going to get them delivered. We're going to do it. Right now up there, they're doing mostly praise and worship. How many know that's all right? Yeah. I've heard it criticized. They're not preaching enough word doing this. Hey, whenever college kids are getting touched by God, I don't care if they're out in a barnyard someplace. <laughs> With the sheep and the cows. I don't care. Everybody wants to judge everything that's going on. My God. I'll tell you what. Spiritually, if you know what's going on, shut up. Because if you don't, you start criticizing. You start coming against. Now you've touched God's anointed, and now you're in trouble. We listen to some people on TV, you know, at times, and we look at them and say, God, you hear what they say, and you see the way they're doing, and half of them the way they're dressed and everything else, praise God. But you don't criticize. You just... Praise God. That's what God's called them to do. That's good. They can do it. I got enough, I got enough to do what I'm called to do. Amen. I don't really want to please every church or every member. <laughs> I mean, we are here definitely, if needed to be, yes. But everybody in here, you go to anybody in here that's been here a long time, and I'll tell you what, they'll be able to help you in whatever problem you got. They'll be able to show it in the Word, and you'll be able to go ahead and take that Word, and if you apply that Word to your life, it'll change your life every single time because the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the power of God that does that in every single area of your life. But you are accountable for you. See? I can pray for my family. I can pray for them, but I am accountable for so I ain't going to steal my joy if someone else don't want to come along, don't want to be involved, don't want to do this, don't want to do that, praise God. It, it's not going to be that way, praise God. That is the way it works. Don't put that on yourself. Don't make it so dang difficult all the time, for goodness sakes. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to keep flowing in the power of God. We're going to allow the Spirit of God to go. We're just going to let Him do whatever He wants to do in this place because He can do whatever He wants to do, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's cheap. We don't even pay Him, praise God. He just shows up. And, does whatever he wants to do, and that's it. And uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, stand up this morning. Put your Bible down. Stand up. Let's see what God wants to do this morning. What's your heart's desire this morning? Lift your hands. Close your eyes. What is your heart's desire? Not your neighbors. Not your families. Not anything else. How much do you desire the move of God? How much do you desire the presence of God? How much do you desire to fulfill the purpose that God puts you here for? Part of that purpose is you just allowing him to manifest him to him. Everybody wants to change the world. There's a time you go through with character. There's a time of growing up you go through. You can't walk in unforgiveness and, and live in this revival. You can't walk in offense and live in this revival. You can't walk in criticalness and negativity and live in this revival. 
You can't run your mouth in the opposite direction and expect the river to flow out of you. It doesn't work that way. It's on the inside of you, and we can make that adjustment because we've got God on the inside of us. Let God tell you someplace you need to adjust this morning. If there's no place you need to adjust, please come up here because, my goodness sakes, you are really something. We want you to preach next week. Yeah, I'm making adjustments every single day in my life of things. And sometimes you see somebody in somebody's life they need to adjust. Well, that's fine. Pray for them. You don't have to go train them up. Things in our life God wants to change. Maybe he wants a little bit more of your time. Maybe he just wants you to get quiet. I mean, seven minutes of quiet for change. See what he's got to say. Expect him to speak to you. Expect him to rise up on the inside of you. Expect it to bubble up. God's looking for people who crawl over 50 people to get to you if you're hungry. I'll tell you right now. One of the issue of blood is one lady out of a whole multitude, and only one got touched. But it was a good touch. Delivered her. It healed her. Don't spend all your money first. Go to the Holy Ghost first. Sometimes in this country we've got a second-hand God. If the natural don't work, then we go to God. Let's try God first for a change. See what he can do. There's too many options for us in the natural realm. We don't need them. We need God. The Spirit of God, the power of God, the anointing of God, glory of God. So me yada mahshika tite boholi amahya sheke dilei bo sisi di dibu. Kiri yada mahashe kela mahaste le bo kati tia po kiti tipi.